Welcome to the Launchpad Jamf Admin Podcast hosted by Rocketman, where we keep you on the cutting edge of what's happening in the world of Apple and Jamf administration. Starting with the Launchpad Times, we bring your Apple and Jamf news down to earth and then go into a keynote where we take a deep dive into a relevant topic. Uh, as per usual, thank you everybody for or all the familiar faces that we're seeing in here. We've we've been doing this meetup now for uh, it's close to a year. I think we started. We've definitely done at least twelve. We might have had a break in there along the way, uh, but at this point, we're starting to see a lot of familiar names and faces, which is always exciting. So, for everybody that's been on here, welcome back. And if it's your first time on a on a Mac Admin meetup with us, welcome. We uh, I think very obviously try to keep these casual. Uh, maybe even entertaining. Uh, we definitely try to focus on content. We aren't in the aren't in, interested in trying to waste anybody's time. So we try try and stay very content oriented. But at the same time, you know, it's a Friday afternoon. We want to be able to kick back and ask some questions about things that you guys are seeing out there in the Jamf and Apple management world. Ask some questions. You know, nine times out of ten, you know, probably ten times out of ten, we learn just as much as we teach on these. We Get some really, really smart people to join this uh, this meetup, which is always cool to hear about the various workarounds people are coming up with um, and poke holes in the different challenges that we're seeing. So with that said, while we do have a, a keynote prepared and we'll be going through uh, what we call the gravity times, we'll be doing that pretty casually, which is just the latest in, in Apple tech. Uh, we'll have a full agenda. We do have time built in throughout the presentation. If you guys have questions, comments, uh, if we say something wrong, feel free to raise your hand, cut us off um, any way that you're comfortable with speaking and uh, take the floor or share any thoughts. Uh, are these always, it, we are always doing these on the first Friday of the month, I, I guess technically with a couple exceptions, um, you know, if it's a holiday or something like that, but yes. And we'll be uh, following the cadence of posting the registration in the uh, on the Jamf Nation user group channel, which we'll have if Chris, Chris or Hugo or somebody could post it in the chat, that'd be great. Uh, but like I said, we'll, we'll be going through the gravity times where your Apple news and rumors are down to earth. And then we'll also be going through Hugo's keynote this week, which is gonna be focusing on sending macOS updates with deferrals through purely an MDM command that works both on Intel and M1 Max. Um, and again, we are happy to go down any sort of tangents or deep dives that come up. So feel free to throw those in the chat or raise your hand or uh, unmute yourself and start chatting. Um, I think with that said, we can go ahead and get started. We're about five minutes into the hour. Wanna make sure that we have all sorts of time. Uh, one thing I am curious about though, before we get going, um, in the interest that today was the opening ceremonies for the Olympics. And I know one of the cool things on this meetup is we've had several different countries represented. I think we've had Netherlands, UK, India, Brazil, Australia, obviously United States of America. I'm curious to hear if we have any, any countries outside of the US represented on this, feel free to throw those in the chat. And with that said, I will kick it over to Chris Shazi, our lead engineer, fearless leader and founder here at Rocketman Tech to get going with the Gravity Times. Oh, how can I forget Canada? We've definitely had Canada on here before. 
welcome our, our great friends to the north. Yeah. I'll do a quick really shout far. out to I'll do a quick shout out too to our good friend Chris Corning. He's gonna be doing slope style and I believe big air. Is that right, Eric? Yep. We've got a buddy that'll be participating in the Olympics. Chris and I are out of uh, Boulder, right outside of Denver here in yep. Colorado. And a friend of ours will be riding in slope style this weekend and then big air next week. So woo. Go America. Yeah. Cool. I guess with that, I'll get started. Um, this is the Gravity Times. This is where we go over the latest macOS and JAMF updates. Um, we do this every month and we try to just focus on what happened in the last month. Um, so sometimes these are very long. Sometimes they're very short because JAMF didn't release anything. So we're on the same version as last time. And the big update we talked about last time was exactly what we're gonna go over in this presentation. Um, so like it, it released a couple days before our last Mac admin meetup and we're like, we're probably gonna focus on this next month because it's really big. That's sending those MDM updates um, for, or sorry, macOS updates through an MDM command uh, with deferrals. So we'll be talking about that. Um, but does anyone else have any other Jamf updates that maybe I missed that wasn't in the release notes? I think last month we did a pretty abbreviated Gravity Times. We did, it was pretty close to some of our most recent meetups. So there wasn't a ton to go over last time. It's like, there's something in the chat here. Yeah, trying to pull up the chat while, while presenting. My mouse always Stop. goes away when I present. So I have to like guess where it is. Ah, there we go. All right. Oh, okay. Um, have people been running into issues with slow response times? Um, I haven't, yeah, honestly, I haven't used Jamf Admin in the last month. I rarely use it these days because we're pretty much all our clients are cloud hosted and uh, using the Jamf Cloud distribution point. I, I haven't noticed, but, uh, slow, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, oh, go ahead, yeah. I haven't noticed any slow responses, but, um, I was uh, doing a lot of uh, package uploads into Jamf Admin sometime back, it was about a month ago, uh, or actually shortly after the 10.3.5 came out. <clears throat> and I noticed when I would go back in there uh, into Jamf Admin for each server, I would notice that um, that all of the, um, the packages I just uploaded, say maybe about 20, 30 minutes before, were all showing up in blue again. It's a I hadn't double clicked them and categorized them and you know done everything to it. Uh, the packages were still there. Um, you know they didn't get lost for anything. So that was really weird. There was uh, there was a Jamf Nation thread that I was uh, helping someone in uh, or just participating in, in which someone was saying their packages were just gone. They were disappearing, which I thought was strange. Oh, so weird. After a little while, after that started happening to me, um, I just switched back to using the 10.3.4 version of the Jamf admin, and I haven't seen the problem since then. Apparently, there's some product issue with regards to uh, Jamf admin in the 10.3.5. So, um, oh, we are. I guess, uh, another well, that's, uh, that's really good to know. Yeah, it would be to upload the package to the web interface. I actually don't like doing that, but uh, you know, I, I could do that in a pinch, obviously, which is what I did. That's how I 
that's how I figured out what exactly was uh, was the culprit behind the problem. Because when I uploaded something to the web interface, then that issue didn't occur. So anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, so that's good to know. Um, maybe use 10.34 for, for Jamf admin in the meantime. Wow, missing packages, that's, uh, that's pretty nuts. I hope they're not actually getting deleted from the distribution point. I hope it's some problem with Jamf admin just reading the packages. I think I hope so too, but it's hard to tell because it says that it's uh, missing. So if it says that it's missing, I guess, unless you make a policy and see if it actually downloads or not, you can't, yeah. can't really tell. Well, you can always check the distribution point itself. Like I personally never saw it missing. Um, it's just that um, the, because I'm really, I'm really big on categorization and I'm, you know, because I want, I like to keep things organized, even though I'm presently the only person that goes into these Jampo servers, at least in that way. Um, but it's, uh, I didn't see the missing. This other person, I never could pinpoint where their distribution point was. I, I kind of, based upon some of the things that were, they were um, putting into the thread, and almost sounded like they were still using a Mac as the Jam Pro server and maybe even distrib distributing, distributing things locally off that system too. Because I use AWS for everything. So um, if I really wanted to know if something actually made it into the distribution point, I can just log into the into the uh, into the S3 bucket to see whether it's actually there. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, anyway, I didn't want to keep this uh, keep us tied up on this too long. I just wanted to throw this out there, though. No, that's really uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so everyone, keep an eye on that. Um, any other things with Jamf that anyone's seen recently? Wow, it looks like 10.35 is not a popular version. Hmm. So yeah, uh, things to keep aware of. Back arrow not working. Wow, that's a, I, I get a lot of, the thing I run into all the time, which has been there through all the versions that I've used is, uh, that when I um, when I have like multiple tabs open, which I do, and one tab logs out, then it just like messes up all my sessions, <laughs> and then I have to log out and log back in and close all the windows. We've seen that a lot. This is Bruce, uh, especially yeah. if we're uh, and we're in, we're one of the probably few sites that uses sites <laughs> inside yeah. Jam. And uh, when when I've got two windows open, saying I'm working on two different sites, and I change permissions and whatnot, sometimes Jamf gets very confused about what exactly I'm trying to do. Oh yeah, I imagine when you're working in two different sites like that. Yeah, my thing is I just you know I'm tab management is like the bane of my existence. So I have multiple windows and multiple tabs, so every once in a while I have like one tab that's like hidden somewhere in a window that's logged out. And it's like, ah, I got it. You know, like just close out of Chrome and reopen it. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I just open a private window and I just log in there, like whatever, it'll work. <laughs> um, all right, moving, moving along, uh, looking at Apple updates. Um, iOS and iPadOS 15.3 is new in 12.2. These were from 15.2 and 12.1 last month. Um, I haven't really done any research to see the effects of these. 
Um, so I'll open it up to the floor to see if anyone has anything they want to say about those versions, any curveballs that Apple put in there. Uh, Thomas says that macOS 12.2 has a Bluetooth bug that kills battery life, uh, won't let laptops go to sleep. That's interesting. I've had people actually talk about that. Um, <laughs> they're like, for some reason, my laptop didn't go to sleep last night. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. Because uh, we have a policy that's supposed to put it to sleep after 20 minutes. But that's kind of interesting. So something to keep keep a note of. Is there any workaround to that, Thomas? Or just wait? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to unmute at this point. <laughs> uh, no, I saw it on the Mr. McIntosh blog. Uh, and uh, the only workaround at this point is just disconnect your Bluetooth devices or just shut off Bluetooth before you put the computer yeah. to sleep. Um, Interesting. So even wait if you like close the laptop, it'll stay on? Yeah, it, it wakes up. It's awake for a second or two, then goes back to sleep. And then a few seconds later, it comes back up. Looking at the logs, it's hilarious to see just how how the battery just drains over you yeah. know, over and overnight. But uh, cool. If you want to throw that article in the chat, um, it'd be cool to yeah, look sure. at. Um, anything else that anyone's noticed in the latest versions? If you're using uh, OneDrive, it's it's an interaction with Microsoft. It's be, I did have one device that's now starting to use the new um, OneDrive sync interface, which is using Apple File Provider instead of the old files on demand system. And there's a bit of um, back and forth about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's, it's more modern and better integrated with what Apple's doing, gives them a platform moving forward instead of the legacy one. But people are saying that the sync is less reliable at the moment than, mm -hmm. it, than it was with the old tried and true, but now being deprecated version. Yeah, well, that's good to know. Yeah, and um, I think I think we see that oftentimes something will get deprecated and then things get worse and then eventually they get better. Yeah, Apple says in 12.3, the old, the old method, the, the mechanism that they're using for the old files on demand will stop working in 12.3. So they're trying to get ahead of that, but the, the new version is, um, Still not fully formed yet. Mm -hmm. And we've worked with people in the past that have, were doing like um, some stuff I, I really didn't recommend, but they were doing a redirect to use the desktop documents and downloads folder um, as a way to like back those up to OneDrive. Um, and I kind of wonder if that files on demand thing getting taken away is going to like severely break that. It, it may, that but my, I guess uh, the I assumption. Guess the yeah, the, the flip side of that will be that the Microsoft has already told us that they're going to use those, what they call known folder redirection, which they've had in Windows, which is going to cover desktop documents, maybe pictures. That is going to be baked into the, the OneDrive sync client as, okay, some, so as a new capability that they'll be able to offer by moving to the new file provider system. Gotcha. Is that uh, there yet? Or is that still? It's not, nah, still it's not there yet. No, yeah. they, they've uh, they've said that it's coming soon in the client, but I, I have to get this conversion over to using the file provider cloud storage mechanism, I guess, before they can offer it. So it's, yeah. uh, it'd be, uh, you know, step B or C where now they're still on step A. 
Exactly. Yeah. So what they were doing is using Simlinks. So the desktop folder, when you went to it, it wasn't actually going to the desktop folder. It was yeah. going to the OneDrive folder. Yeah. And I'm like, if those files on demand currently are not working properly, then could really create some problems with <laughs> with the, that stuff um, happening. I don't know. Just kind of interesting. But yeah, it's good to know that, that Microsoft's actually going to add that to their product, which would be awesome. Have stop users asking us about backup all the time. Yep. Cool. Joseph kind of said more of the same with that. Um, Brandon, <laughs> champ, Intune integration. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we should probably do a presentation on all the annoyances with, with champ and Intune. Uh, we did talk about that a while back, but I think there's just there's been more stuff that has popped up. We've been dealing with some things, especially with depending on the type of TLS encryption you have inside of Intune. Um, yeah, it's been kind of a nightmare. Cool. Um, if anyone wants to shout out with anything else, otherwise I'll, I'll move forward. We can always move back. Um, Eric, do you have anything interesting you want to talk about? Oh, boy. I mean, outside the realm of Apple management, very much so. But I don't think this is the time or the place. I know Hugo's got a full yeah. presentation for us. So yeah, will... maybe I'll just take this slide out of our, our typical slide deck. <laughs> uh, the second you do that, though, I'm going to get back on the mics and have a whole lot on my mind. So yeah. <laughs> Cool. And then last thing we want to go over is feature requests. Um, if anyone has any feature requests that they want to discuss, or uh, if they just want to drop it in the chat, um, we got a lot of people here that can help upvote it. And, you know, I, I don't know how many people are on this presentation. It's probably getting close to like 70. Um, but that's a lot of upvotes you can get for that. All I, of these I, things I too. dropped one. Oops, sorry. So, oh, go for go for it, Bruce. I was just going to say I dropped a, a couple into the Slack uh, feature request channel. And oh, perfect. one one of them I'd really like to see. It's the second one. Um, it's uh, so we use ARD a lot still, even though you know most of the stuff we do is in Jamf, and ARD yeah. doesn't get a whole lot of love. And right now it's a little bit hard to activate it in bulk because you actually have to send the command from the, the Jamf uh, mass action commands to get it to work right. And uh, we, a lot of us <laughs> at Notre Dame anyway, would like to see that as an object in Jamf that we could just use in a policy and do it that uh, way. Yeah. What if we can do that with the API? Um, send that screen sharing command. Because if you can do it through the API, then you could potentially do it through a policy. Yeah, that's not something we looked at. That there's some good weekend reading for me. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, I would look into it. I'm not, it's a little sometimes limited with the mass commands, um, but I know that's been workarounds for stuff in the past for us where it's like 
we, we kind of don't want to log into Jamf every time we want to do this. So can we make it on demand or something we can do in a schedule? And the API can be a good way to do that. Cool. Um, let me stop this. Cool. Um, so before Hugo shares his screen and gets started, um, wanted to kind of prep the topic he's talking about a little bit. Um, one thing too is we're going to try to, you know, a lot of these Mac admin meetups, we try to record videos and put them on our YouTube channel. Uh, so at the beginning, Hugo is going to kind of start off with an introduction. Uh, and then also we're going to try to save questions for the end. Um, so just for the cadence of the YouTube video. So uh, feel free to chime into the chat with anything that you have. But we're probably going to go to the end and then answer any questions that we have. And then we can kind of bounce through the presentation at that point as well. I know this first part becomes more of a discussion. Uh, but the topic we're going to talk about today is the mass action command to update macOS uh, and adding deferrals. So it's the new feature that Jamf added. This is super exciting um, because what has happened historically, if you haven't done macOS updates in the last year and a half, is uh, when, when uh, M1 computers started to drop, the typical way we used to update OS, which was a software update command, stopped working. And I believe this is probably the same way Jamf also updated macOS using a policy. So if you used a Jamf policy in the past, that stopped working on M1 computers. If you used the software update command or any of the, the scripts and stuff that utilized that method, that stopped working as well. Um, and there really wasn't much talk around this at the time. So first time we had to update Mac OS in 2021, we were all kind of scrambling to figure out how to do it. Um, what we found that worked, which we did a presentation on before, was installing the full Mac OS installer, even for minor updates. So let's say we needed to go from like 15.1 to 15.2. We had to down, download and install on the client a 12 gigabyte installer in order for them to update. Um, with that as well, we also, for the M1 computers, had to prompt the user for a password in order to install those updates. And if they didn't enter that password, that update wouldn't run. Um, now, at the time, Jamf brought out this MDM command way of updating macOS, which worked great on M1s. However, a couple caveats, you needed a bootstrap token on the computer. So if you didn't have that, you'd usually have to prompt the user for a password to do it. Um, that's still the case, but the biggest problem is even if you had that bootstrap token on the computer, um, there was very little in terms of deferral. Actually, there was nothing in terms of deferral. What would happen is either you downloaded the update for the user to install, which meant it might just never install. It doesn't really do much besides um, notify them once to install it, or you could... Uh, restart the device after installation, which gave the user no warning of what was happening, and then randomly restarted their computer at some point. So neither of those methods were great. So we were pretty much doing deploying the 12 gigabyte package to the computer because we could at least do deferrals and stuff like that. Um, so this new feature has been long awaited and is super exciting. And without further ado, I will now hand it over to Hugo. All right. Thank you, Chris. Uh, so my name is, 
Well, let me, let me wait here so we get a good screen share going. Oh, why is this doing? It shows my videos on the left here. Hold on. Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Hugo Immediato. I am from Rocketman, and this is our presentation on updating macOS Monterey utilizing the MDM software update command with deferral via JAMP. So quick overview, I'll be doing a mass action brief. I'll be discussing the requirements and I'll explain the parentheses later. Uh, we'll be assessing environments and uh, meeting said requirements and then the deployment. Uh, so the deployment of this, it takes 30 seconds, but meeting those requirements can take up to 30 days, you know, predicated upon implementation strategies. So I just wanted to note that. Um, so yeah, mass action remote command. Why are we doing that? Well, for us as administrators, it's quick and easy. And for the end users, it's interactive and empowering. So on the left here, I have a screenshot depicting the end users experience. They're gonna get a required manage update notification uh, with an options drop-down menu. Uh, this will provide three options, install, try tonight, or remind me tomorrow. The remind me tomorrow option is predicated upon uh, your deferral count that you set. And once this is exceeded, uh, the deferral count, that remind me option will disappear. They'll only be able to install or try tonight, uh, and then it'll force the update. Uh, one little nuance I've seen with this is once the end user clicks install in the background it starts downloading and preparing that installation and then the computer restarts without a notification to the end user uh, so when you guys go to use this feature just a disclaimer to include in your communications that hey uh, don't interact with your computer after you click install or you could lose unsaved work so requirements and why are they in parentheses um, I put them in parentheses because everybody has a different environment. Uh, the workflow and scenarios you're gonna encounter are gonna be different, uh, but the requirements are minimum OS of Mac OS 1201 in order to use the MDM update with deferral. And for Apple Silicon, uh, Max, you need a bootstrap token escrowed. So this uh, escrow feature was included or introduced in 1015.4 and polished in 1101. So if you're on 1015.4 or 11.01 and up already, you're in a pretty good spot. The polishing in Big Sur occurred because on 1015.4, if you created a local standard account outside of the setup assistant, it won't get that secure token. But in 11.01, that was fixed. Um, so a big factor here is you need to account for operating system versions in your environment. I recommend and I implement the updates in Monterey only if the operating systems are on 10.15.7, I think as late as version of Catalina end up. If you're updating from Mojave or earlier to Monterey, you're gonna encounter issues for a multitude of reasons. I'm not gonna go into them, uh, just, know that I've had issues updating from 10.14 or before and up. I've had no issues when rolling out these updates from Catalina and up. 
Uh, second, we need to uh, get the status of who has a secure token and who has a bootstrap token escrowed. For this, I use three extension attributes. I use one for the bootstrap token, one for the token holder, and one for an unknown token holder. Um, it's important to push these out well ahead of time uh, so that your GMF environment has, has time to update the computer's inventories uh, with these statuses. Uh, we'll make these available on our GitHub uh, probably next week. We'll send out an email. So now that we've assessed the environment and we know where our operating system versions are, and let's pretend everybody's on Catalina. You can use this workflow to get to Catalina, but let's pretend everyone's on Catalina. Um, I've created a workflow here uh, that takes into consideration uh, the computer's uh, Intel or M1, if your end users are standard or administrator accounts, and if you have a managed administrator account with or without a rotating password. Okay, so um, this workflow, I use Mr. McIntosh as a quick and easy way to get the installer package. If that's not okay by your security team, download it and package it yourself. And then I detail uh, the minimum amount of smart computer groups you need to make, the minimum amount of policies you need to create, how to create them, and provided are the scripts. Uh, used to get all this information from your end users or input information uh, from your Jamf environment for your administrator accounts. Uh, we'll be emailing this out with the extension attributes. Once we make this public, we're just sanitizing it right now to make sure that it is ready for the public. And the second part of meeting our requirements is, is escrowing that bootstrap token. So on the right here, is a visualization of three scenarios uh, that you'll most likely encounter. Uh, this is from Frederick Abelus, a jamper, and he released this about a year ago, but it still holds true today. So to get the bootstrap token during account creation at Setup Assistant with a device in your pre-stage enrollment, it will give you that secure token and escrow that bootstrap token right away. If you're using a third-party app, or you're binding to AD and you have a mobile user, when, that's account, when that account is created, it'll be given the secure token. And then when that end user logs in, it will escrow that secure token. And remember, this is on 10, 4, 10 15.4 or 11.01 up. If you're tokenless, enabling File Vault will provide that computer secure token and then that computer will have to log in. I've tested this. Uh, with user-initiated enrollment, and it does work. Um, so it seems like a lot, and this is a whole confusing process uh, that I think is why everyone is here today. Uh, but this, this uh, flowchart really visualizes it in an easy to understand way. So I hope that helps. Um, so now that we've met the requirements, this is how easy the deployment is. You're gonna create a smart computer group or an advanced search. You're gonna build out the criteria to spec the computers you wanna update. Um, and it's as simple as clicking view, verifying that those computers are the ones you wanna update. You click next, click send remote commands, click next again, 
uh, you want to update the operating system version, select the version you want, and uh, use utilize the installator feature with deferrals. And that's it. Uh, the remote command will be pending in the computer's managed inventory record. Uh, it once it hits that computer, they'll get that notification we detailed in like slide two. So, with that being said, uh, these are three links that were super useful. Right, Jamf has a great article about this. Apple provides insight into this, and just a shout out to Frederick Avalus uh, for providing that flowchart. Uh, does anybody have any questions? Yeah, Hugo, I do. Can you hear me? I hear you. Hey, my name's Darren Perching. <clears throat> um, I was really excited about this. I really want this to work and I've been testing it all week exactly, exactly as you've described here. Um, what my experience has been on this particular machine, it's the first one I've got, it's an M1. I've got a secure token, I'm a volume owner, you know, all that stuff um, did identical to what you're talking about. I got the deferrals, got the notices, waited it out, waited the defer, because users are going to defer forever. So I'm an average user. I deferred it forever. Um, got the dialogue at the, uh, you know, after the deferral that we're going to install these updates tonight automatically. Um, you have to have 50% power or plugged in. Fine. I satisfied those requirements, but it never updates. Um, is the expectation that in the middle of the night, it should wake and apply that update? That's the expectation I have. So even okay. when the computer's asleep, I've I've seen the pop-up come or the pop-up is present the moment I, I log back in. So it's mm -hmm. it's sitting there waiting. And if you're familiar with uh, reading the logs, speak because I don't know if you can see, I haven't looked for the logs in this, but with the policy logs when implementing the update, when running the software update command, you will see the progress of the installation. With this uh, MDM command, you don't see where that fails. So it could still fail. You exactly. know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's what you're encountering right now. But we just don't have enough visibility into the logs to get that information. And I haven't looked into actually where yeah. they are yet. So I, I have a case open with Jay. If I had opened the case with Apple, they're co-collecting that data um, I did and was just clued today on Appleseed 12.3 release notes that suggest managed software update may not install overnight after max amount of deferrals. So if nobody's seen that yet or you haven't heard that yet, <clears throat> maybe that's what's causing my heartburn. But it, I'm just, again, I guess at this point, I'm just asking if that is the expected uh, experience that if the user waits it out and, and never approves, <laughs> that it, it should wake in the night and apply the update. Yeah, it will force okay. it. <clears throat> All right, well, we're, we're, we're not quite there yet, but. <laughs> um, somebody did mention that that's what they also experienced in chat. Now, I, you know, for anybody else listening, if you wanna chime in with me on, on feedback or, or, or you know, any other channels to Apple, as much as I want this to work, it's still severely crippled because those um, notification center dialogues cut off and don't show you the last two most important sentences, which are you have deferrals or you have no deferrals. 
and I can't get through in my mind that most end users are actually going to click the little carrot arrow down and read that missing dialogue. Um, that's a deal breaker. If anybody else wants to pile in on, on feedback to Apple, it's not configurable. We can't manage that dialogue to expand as a default. So <laughs> off my soapbox on that one. Yeah, no, that's something that I, I'm concerned about as well. And I'm hoping Jamf adds a layer to that update that provides us with the ability to send uh, an extra notification or for Jamf to have some kind of default notification because yeah. there is a big lapse there and, and no visibility for the end user, Yeah, right? They don't know what's going on. Thanks for uh, uh, walking through that though. Um, it's good timing. You're welcome. And when we send out the uh, the link to our GitHub, if this workflow isn't working for you, that one is guaranteed to work. And that's what we've been using for multiple clients. Uh, we've rolled it out flawlessly as a catch-all, uh, Intel M1 standard admins, whatever the situation is, it's a great catch-all and it, it works with deferral, with notification from Jam. Even though we're focusing on the MDM command, uh, that should help you out as well. And when we have that ready to, to send out, we'll also have the recording of the session and we will shave it down to the keynote portion. Um, but we'll, we'll have that portion sent out along with the GitHub and supplemental documentation when we do that next week. Yeah, Brandon Woods, he's mentioning that uh, you can add user interaction or jam helper in combination with the update command, which is a nice a nice ad. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, I wanted to share something too, as we're kind of talking about some of these limitations. Um, you can use the API to schedule this OS update command. Um, so that could be a way to add this kind of to a policy, and then you can use your own deferrals instead of having to be limited to the deferrals that they have there. So stop sharing my screen. <laughs> yeah, so Chris George asks, uh, does this workflow work for unattended computer lab computers or exclusively on M1 if that matters? It should work if you're, so the deferral won't because you're looking for end user interaction, but there is a, a force install option included in that MDM payload that you could alternatively use and it would work on M1s for unintended computer lab computers. Does that answer your question, George? Or I'm sorry, Chris, Chris. Chris George. <laughs> yeah, it's Chris, uh, thanks. Uh, Two sorry, first names, man, my bad. <laughs> yep, no worries. Uh, I have a kind of a follow-up question that is a kind of tangent off of that. Um, we have, we, we're using a nomad login AD to create our local accounts. Um, and since these are computer lab computers, we're then also then, uh, using a, uh, uh, a task in, in, in Jamf to delete those computer accounts on a daily basis. Um, so we, we never really given any thought to secure token or anything like that. How do I know exactly what secure tokens or what accounts or anything like that are escrowed then with, uh, from, from after going through and 
creating and deleting uh, accounts on a regular basis? So um, first things first, do you have a managed administrator account? I'm assuming you do because they're labs. Uh, we should. So it, do you, so is your uh, managed administrator account file vault encrypted on those machines? It is not. We're not, since these are computer lab computers, we're not file vaulting. What operating system is, are those computers running? Uh, currently, I believe they're all on, they're still on Big Sur. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which version uh, off the top of my head. Oh, that's promising. So this is where this whole process gets messy, right? We're getting in the weeds now. So do you recall when, okay, so were those computers enrolled with MDM or are they user initiated? Uh, they, they're, they're, they're MDM, they're, they're ADE, yeah. Okay, so when you enrolled those computers, what operating systems were they enrolled on? And do you recall what version of Jamf Pro was used at that, or what your Jamf Pro environment version was? Uh, version of a Jamf, I couldn't tell you. We're, we're, cl we're Jamf Cloud, so whatever the current was at the time, we, we just installed these in uh, just before the fall semester. So it would be probably then would have been uh, uh, whatever the current Big Sur at the time and whatever Jamf, uh, Jamf Pro on the cloud was at the time. So you're good there. So they're, the accounts were created, they should have a secure token. Using the extension attributes we're gonna share, you're gonna be able to push those extension attributes to that machine and uh, verify if that managed administrator account has that secure token and then the update policy or the update MDM command should work. Uh, once you verify that secure token status, it, if you have the secure token, which I'm assuming you do because you're on Big Sur and you were enrolled via uh, ADE pre-stage enrollment within the past year, that, uh, that managed administrator account should have uh, the secure token. Let me get that command for you. Yeah, the only thing I was hearing that might might uh, put a wrench in this, uh, Chris, is that you were deleting these accounts. So if you happened to have deleted the account that had the secure token, then maybe we might be in a weird situation. Um, but uh, like Hugo said, I think the best thing is Hugo's scripts gonna their extension attribute is gonna allow you to see that. So um, keep on the watch out for that. We'll be sending that out hopefully early next week. Um, I'm going to also drop in, like we'll, we'll email to everyone on this call. I think, Eric, we have everyone's email here. Um, but I'm going to also drop the link to join our Slack channel uh, just in case you got in here without registering somehow. You can also, uh, we'll be posting this on there next week. Thank you. Um, here, I'll share. You could run this command uh, as here, sudo. If you run this command locally, you should, it should give you a user, Chris. Um, and that way you'll know if you have a secure token on that machine with that admit, managed administrator account.
Awesome. Hugo, is that, uh, is that the content that you have for this? Should I, should I open it up to any and all questions? We've got about 15 minutes left. So any questions, comments, concerns in the, in the Apple realm, feel free to unmute yourself or lob those in the chat, whatever you're comfortable with. And we'll try and make use of all the brain power we have on this call. Yeah, so right now I'm using the uh, the download and install update command with an API to install updates on my M1s, but I don't I can't get a, a solid time interval now. It's between 20 minutes and an hour, in which the time it takes for the update to actually run. If I use the force install um, action, would that happen immediately as soon as the update's downloaded? Because right now I'm just using the install action in my API. I'm thinking. So you're using an API command to, to force the updates out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, for my M1s. Are you using the schedule OS update command? Yeah, I'm using schedule OS update and the action I'm using is install. I tried using default, but that didn't work. So I switched to install. Now I'm seeing that you can, there's like a force install action. I'm wondering if that would be more appropriate for me to use. Yeah, I haven't actually fooled around with this yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm not a hundred percent sure how it works, but okay. let me, let me just look at the page. Um, yeah. So it, it, it should work and just force install. And then in the background, uh, pull that information down utilizing Apple's framework, Apple's, you know, software update server framework via Jamf. Jamf will do that. And then it'll force install. Um, there won't be a notification, but it should do it. I think you're doing the right thing. Um, are you able to share your command you're using? Yeah, just give me a moment. I got it posted on Jamf Nation. Yeah, are you using the computer commands, command, action, um, or are you just using the computer commands, command, post? Sorry, it's hard to read this stuff. Just give me a moment here. Yeah, because there's these two ones. You can either do this right here, and that, that will allow you to schedule an OS update, or you can do this longer one right here. I don't know if this would translate properly in the chat. This one does it to a single computer, but. I got it in the chat now. Stop sharing. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, wait. Uh, action default. Uh, change, I need to change that default to install. I'm using uh, install okay. instead of default. So what happens when you try to do this? So I have this set up in a script in the cloud. I have user interaction set up saying, hey, there's an update available. They can defer it whenever they want to. And then I have a jump before the, the update actually runs, before it actually runs this, this little script here. Um, they get a, like a, you know, another jump help, helper window saying, hey, you're about to get an update. And it has like a countdown timer. After that ends, it runs the script and the update happens, but it's anywhere between 20 and 60 minutes. And I just want to get that time frame down. So I'm wondering oh. if... Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's got to download the update. So once it deploys, it's going to download and install the update. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the, I think that's just the limitation of how this works is like, and that was always the case with the schedule OS update and you would deploy it and anywhere from 20 to 60 minutes, the computer mm -hmm. would restart. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Would okay. Be a yeah. Good idea to download it in the background and then run this uh potentially if okay. that um is, is there a download command for this where you can just download it once and then and then deploy yeah. it yeah there's a download option in the management commands but i've never mm -hmm. used it before i don't know if i can chain them together somehow that might work because you could download it on all the computers and then send the command to like the Jamf helper scripts do it. Now, I don't know how long this will stay downloaded and cached. Mm -hmm. um, so lots of good things to test out. I don't know if like a reboot will take that cache away mm -hmm. or if you can, I don't know, try to before it sends the schedule OS update command, if you can see if that if that is even downloaded and cached somewhere. Um, I'm not sure where it caches it, but okay. lots, lots of fun things to try with that. All right. Yeah, I want to give that a shot. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you're welcome, yeah, no man. That's a great script, man. This is essentially what I'm doing with a policy and pushing a package out and then to, uh, creating a group based on that, that installer being available. And then that group with the installer available, whenever it shows that it's available, will get the update. Uh, so maybe you can try creating a smart group that then utilizes the install API. Okay. Do you have the extension attribute to show that the update's downloaded? Well, you would have to determine, I don't. So I, you know, you'd have to determine where that download is located and determine mm -hmm. if it's there or not. And okay. then and then, you know what I mean? And then create a status as the result, like a simple status in your extension attribute. And then in the smart group, set the criteria to yes or no, or you know if it's there or not. Okay, uh, But I'll that might that be shot. a better way to control it because then it, it just installs at that point, right? Yeah, it, it works just fine. Awesome. Well, we, we definitely still have time for some more questions if they pop up, but I might as well start the whole wrap it up spiel. I feel like this session went by really quickly. 
I looked up thinking we had a whole lot of time left, but we are already close to the top of the hour. Um, Chris has thrown the Slack channel into the, the chat. Um, we're, we're pretty active on Jamf Nation. All of our, if you want to send us emails at Eric or Chris or Hugo at rocketman.tech or Chad at rocketman.tech, I think all of us Rocketman guys have our, our screens open. Feel free to reach out to us in any other way that, that you guys feel fit. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or anything type of cool workarounds that you came up with. Um, another thing we're always interested in is if anybody feels like presenting at one of these, it's obviously a pretty casual forum. If you've got a cool thing that you want to talk about and um, wet your whistle getting into presentations, we are happy to assist with that. So in any sort of way that can uh, that you guys feel fit to reach out to us, feel free to do that. And we are happy to work with you. We will do this. Uh, our next meetup will be the next first Friday of the month. Let me pull up my calendar and see what that even looks like. Make sure I'm not promising we're doing it on a holiday of some sort. It looks like the 4th of March. Yeah, we will uh, We'll do this again on the 4th of March at the same time, which is noon mountain time. And we will make sure we get invites out to everybody uh, the same way that we did, did for this week. But other than that, I, I don't have a whole lot of other schmoozing or random topics that I can think of to go into. So feel free to any questions that come up um olympics are kicking off this weekend we'll, we'll definitely be cheering for some various sports and uh for a couple we've like chris had mentioned we've got a buddy that's competing so go usa but also we we hope everybody has fun um, and, and enjoys the games as i was trying to watch the uh the ceremony opening this morning and it was just interesting watching everyone's piling into the bird's nest arena but there's no fans there and I, it's, it's hard to imagine the Olympics without fans, but here we are. In that note, I, I hope we're able to do the, uh, the JNUC in San Diego coming up this year. I hope, hopefully that stays as a live event. I bet they'll do some sort of merger of live streaming the event because it's been a pretty big event in terms of you know, free and live for the last couple of years. That's been cool. Um, and it also so, sounds like we're... Yeah, Eric, we got a question from Chuck. Uh, Chuck, are you... Yeah, are you, you or is this for M1s and Intel? Because for M1s, you have to use STDIN pass uh, with the end users or an administrator's password as a variable passed via echo and then piped into the command for it to work on M1s uh, using the start OS install command. So here, let me, uh, yeah, when, so are you running this command as the normal start OS install uh, with, like you would use on Intel? Cause that's not gonna work. Let me get that. So. Hey, Hugo, I know okay. you have that, the workflow you put together for when we were on Big Sur and we were doing this method. Um, is that something we're going to be able to release next week as well? Yeah, you mean updating to macOS Monterey? Updating to Monterey, but also just like minor updates inside of Big Sur, which is, I think, what we we're talking about here with the start OS install command. 
Or is this specifically about updating to Monterey? This looks like he's just updating using an M1 trying to use the start OS and okay, so Monterey updating using the start OS install on M1s, but I think he's using the old uh, or the Intel version of this command, but he has to pass the credentials differently. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff in here and, you know, we can throw in that, but we'll, we'll have something, we'll have the, the documents ready next week. So I think um, wait for those and it'll give you everything you need. So I just shared that with, with everyone, that, that simple command. And for uh, the admin name and admin pass variables, uh, you know, it's best to pass them as parameters and ideally encrypted parameters from Jamf uh, because you don't want that information going over uh, the network uh, for security reasons. But that, that's what you're missing right there is you're missing the STDIM pass um, echoed and piped. Chuck. Thank you, Hugo. I had a quick question right, about um, about Brandon's script. Brandon, I, I saw that in Jamf Nation the other day. I thought it was awesome. I was gonna try testing it out myself, but I was curious and, and fair warning, I haven't really messed with delivering stuff via API users or anything, uh, but is there any concern about well, first of all, what rights do you need to give that API user account to, to run a script like that? And then two, are there any concerns about that passing that API password uh, via plain text? You can decrypt the password. I can, uh, there's a post about decrypting your password. This is just a simple, dirty little script that I created. This is yeah, something yeah. fast you can use. Could you, could you share that with me about encrypting the password? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I might want to play with something like that anyway, because that did look like a really handy script. Cool. Um, well, I'm going to say thanks everyone for joining. Um, I think we can keep these conversations going in Slack, but um, I know that me and Eric have to drop to another meeting and I'm pretty sure once we drop, it'll end this meeting. <laughs> Who's, I, I got to know though, before we hop off, who just asked that, that last question with that beautiful radio voice? Uh, I, I, I always hope that someone's going to mention my beautiful radio voice. Uh, that is, wow. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It's <laughs> nice to have a fallback career. <laughs> a streamer or something. Wow. I, I know you get such a, a great effect. <laughs> a morning show somewhere. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll get you on here to do a presentation just so we can listen to that for 15, 20 minutes. I'll just give the weather or something. You know, try <laughs> to contribute some yeah. Perfect. It kind of sounds like a rocket announcer. A mic hanging from the ceiling, too. <laughs> this is a cheap old Jabra headset. This is all me. Joseph, can you at least just say, in a world? In a world <laughs> where... <laughs> Thanks, I made my morning. Amazing. Happy to do it. That's funny. I think now, now this has been a productive meeting after we've got that. We've, we've checked all the boxes and now we've had fun. So we can go ahead and... Uh, yep, our, our whole hour's up here. And as Chris said, we do have to hop off for another meeting. Uh, feel free to reach out to us in any way, shape, or form, and we'll make sure that we get the supplemental documentation, the recording, and invites to future meetups out to all of you guys. But thank you all for coming. Everyone have a great weekend, and uh, hopefully we see you next time. Thank you, everyone. Yep.
And Joseph <laughs> might be presenting next week with his radio voice. We're just going to send him scripts. <laughs> He's going to be doing all of the presenting going forward. I'm definitely <laughs> attending from now on. This Thank is my first you. one of these. And it was, it was amazing, guys. Thanks a lot. Happy we could help. Oh, absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you so you. much. I, we appreciate everyone who participates as well, too. I know it can be tough to throw out your problems and issues out there, but it's a, it's a pretty awesome collaborative group. So thanks, everyone, for, for participating and everyone who helped out each other. So we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Adios. Thank you for joining us today. We have new episodes on the first Friday of every month. If you'd like to join our session live, visit the link in the description to get on our mailing list. And if you're looking to get the most out of your Jamf server, visit rocketman.tech to set up a meeting with one of our Jamf experts. That's rocketman.tech.